0: you've been served. I'm Grace. I'm Courtney. And this is the Gossier. As you may or may not notice, Bridget is not here today. Uh, She is off with her family. And as a result of such, we will be taking a little hiatus after this episode. We will. We'll be taking a little hiatus for the months of May and June. But we did want to hop on today anyway, because it was a big week for gossip. And to let you guys know that we will miss you as much as you will miss us, obviously.
1: And if you're one of our loyal patrons, um, we will be pausing the patron thing. So you won't be charged for the two week or the two months that we are taking our hiatus.
0: So no worries, everyone.
1: Think of it as just like a nice summer vacation for all of us.
0: We'll start, as always, with our first segment, which is called You Have to Tell Me. This is the segment where we bring in gossip of the week and tell each other about it. So, Courtney, you have to tell me american gigolo production shut down
1: yes so did you know that they were making this tv show
0: i sure didn't
1: okay yes i have a little like insider info i knew it was being made that's basically all i know so it's based on the movie which i've never
0: seen <laughs> i don't know Who have i starring isn't it starring richard gear
1: yes i believe so and um it was announced on wednesday that production was suspended Shortly after it was announced, the showrunner, who's named David Hollander, was dismissed due to allegations of misconduct, which Mm. sounds sketchy. Production has assured the press, uh, I was reading this in Deadline, that it was not sexual in nature. Okay,
0: that somehow makes it worse. Yeah, I know. (laughs) It was like,
1: okay. Also so he was just awful. Right. Yeah, exactly. I know, truly. It was like, "Oh no, no, no. No, he didn't touch anyone. He was just, he was just being just old horrible, school abusive." Guy. Yeah, exactly. He was just like probably verbally and like laborly
0: laborly. Yeah, so as- he was being mean to everyone on set.
1: Right, exactly. Exactly. The production on the series was originally supposed to continue even after he was ousted with his top described as top lieutenant, who is the co-executive producer. David Katz, he was going to step in as showrunner and it was going to continue. But then it just paused altogether and um, they have two episodes left to shoot of their 10 hour, their 10 episode order, allegedly. And it's supposed to only be a four day pause. So I guess we'll see. One rumor is that in addition to the showrunner being dismissed, it was paused because um, an actor became temporarily unavailable. Which then, this whole thing is so weird because it's like there was misconduct, but it wasn't sexual. It's like, I believe that, but it's just like, geez, sad that we have to clarify. And then, second, t- a t- an actor became temporarily unavailable. So we're like thinking, like, oh, okay, they probably got COVID. Yeah. They assure us it is not COVID.
0: So it's like, what is going on so on did this production act set? So- like sign up for another project and just thought the schedule would work out
1: that's kind of what I'm wondering like I could
0: I guess it could be a family emergency celebrities have family emergencies too I guess it could be a family but it does feel weird that it's not COVID
1: yeah it does because I was also like oh maybe they booked something else but I feel like that doesn't really work because like I used to work at a theater as we all know and if we had actors book something like during the run of the show like commercial or obviously something more high paying they would be able to leave yeah so i'm like oh maybe that's what happened but i don't think that that really goes from
0: like yeah who's paying more than the american gigolo
1: right exactly so i'm curious to see if this actually gets made i imagine they've put so much money into it already that it's i mean if they've already shot eight episodes Yeah, I also never heard of this showrunner, David Hollander, but I'm curious if he's going to have any professional repercussions. Probably not. But he also was announced that he was removed from the CBS show. He was going to be showrunning as well. So stay tuned because I want to do a deep dive into this guy. He sounds like he might be a nightmare.
0: I'm looking him up on IMDb. There's two David Hollander's. And I'm pretty sure the one we're looking at was an executive producer on Ray Donovan. Yes, this is him. He's also, fun fact, the executive producer on How We Roll, which is that new sitcom about bowling that I think is on ABC. Oh,
1: that's the one that he got removed from, I think. I think that's oh, the CBS one. I like yeah, it it, no oh, CBS. it is CBS.
0: I know that I see ads for it, and I couldn't remember if I saw ads for it when I was watching The Bachelor, American Song Contest, or Survivor. So I guess I oh, see ads for it when I watch literally Survivor. Literally all three networks. So it's yeah. like... So I was like, it could be on anyone. So that's interesting. Oh, you want to know a fun fact? Yeah. He went to Northwestern. Oh you alma mater. Oh
1: no. no. <laughs> okay, well, Northwestern way to uh churn out a bad one, I guess. Yeah, Jesus. go go cats. Is that what it is? Yes, it is. <laughs> Grace, you have to tell me Olivia Wilde gets served.
0: This is the story of the week. Obviously, everyone keeps talking about this. What happened was. Olivia Wilde was at this thing called CinemaCon, which I've never heard of before and sounds totally fake. I'd never heard of it either. But apparently it's like a thing.
1: Uh, It's
0: in Las Vegas. She was there to promote her new movie, Don't Worry Darling, which is the really hot, buzzy movie that stars Harry Styles and Florence Pugh that everyone's been talking about. I'm definitely going to see it. Oh, I definitely will be seeing it. And it's famously the set where Olivia Wilde fell in love with Harry Styles and then subsequently left Jason Sudeikis.
1: I thought it was the other way around. I thought she brought him on the set because they were
0: dating. I think the timeline right. is sketchy. Amazing. I think officially they, her and Jason Sudeikis had not broken up until after shooting had started, but there's been like whispers that they knew each other before okay. that. got it,
1: got it. I never was really like followed vibe. closely because I remember being like, are they really dating? That's all I could think. I like, know. Harry Styles and Olivia Wilde, it seems like such an odd couple, but yeah. Um, or like at least originally. It, it is. Like I still think
0: it is story. an yeah. odd couple because I don't know. I mean, here's my thing. And this is no, this is probably internalized misogyny. I've always been kind of lukewarm on Olivia Wilde. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think a part of that is because I like Jason Sudeikis, and I know there's always rumors floating on that he's a creep, but everyone has rumors floating on that they I love a creep. him too. So I've always been kind of like whatever about Olivia Wilde. And so of course when she started dating Harry Styles, I was like, oh, come on.
1: Yeah. Right. You're being
0: now you're being selfish, right. Olivia
1: it's like really you think you deserve this
0: yeah date less people uh which i know again internalized misogyny i'm aware of it
1: i will say she is beautiful so
0: she is very beautiful i get the appeal of her and i think it's also this is the other thing i think she sometimes plays characters that are a little bit like too cool yeah and so i'm the oc yes and so i'm generally off put by that personality which may or may not even be her personality. Well, that's
1: why for the longest time, I had a really hard time with Adam Driver because I could only connect him to Adam on Girls. Girls. Yeah. And I was like, oh my God, he's such a fucking creep. But then years, you know, years have passed. Uh, He's done other things. And I'm able to realize that he's just actually a very good actor. Yeah. And and that he wasn't actually as bad as his character. So this is a set where she fell in love and then left Jason. Yes, pretty much.
0: Allegedly. Okay. Obviously, she'll they'll say there's no overlap, but I think the way that they've been acting since then kind of proves there is because Jason Sudeikis, I mean, obviously, hey, you know what? No shade to Olivia Wilde because this only pays dividends for Jason Sudeikis with Ted Lasso being about a man going through a divorce.
1: Oh my God, I haven't even connected all of that.
0: I know. So it's like, whatever. It's kind of an all's well that ends well thing to me. Again, I don't know these right. people. Well,
1: I mean, it's kind of that thing where it's like, I mean, it's hard when they're all like celebrities and they have everything else going for them, at least from the outside, where you're like, it's 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 hard to be like, oh, this is heartbreaking.
0: Exactly. It's hard for me to really care.
1: Remember when Chris Pratt and Anna, oh no.
0: Oh, Anna Faris.
1: Yeah, thank you. When they broke up and everyone was like, love is dead. I did play into that a little bit, but now I'm like, oh no, it sounds like he actually sucks and-
0: Um, Good for her. So now I don't get invested in in a celebrity relationship. I know. You kind of have to take a step back. Exactly. Uh, But what happened at CinemaCon. So she's presenting. She's on stage presenting the trailer for her new film. And she gets handed an envelope that says like special, confidential, whatever. And she's like, oh, is this for me? Is this a script? Okay, cool. And so there were rumors floating around that it was like an unsolicited script that some attendee of of CinemaCon. I almost called it CinemaCon. CinemaCon. Cinnabon. Cinnabon. So there was like a rumor that it was an unsolicited script someone gave her. And she played it off and kept like doing her presentation. And then it came out that it was custody documents. I don't really know how that came out except someone snitched. Yeah. So the conversation, of course, is like, did Jason Sudeikis time this? Right. Which when I first heard this story, I was like, even if Jason Sudeikis wanted to do this, and this is like so publicly petty, it would be weird for Jason Sudeikis to want to do this while he's promoting Ted Lasso, which is about like kindness. Right.
1: Be, yes. And being like a wholesome. Yeah. yeah. So I
0: was like, it's weird enough that he would plan this. But even if he did plan this, the logistics of this would be very hard to plan. Right. Right. Like to get someone think? there when she was on stage.
1: Right. And also to get them because I was reading about this, because as you said, it's been like the story. Yeah. And it's like, did they have a pass? Like, how did they get into the actual event?
0: Yes, that's the other thing. So I think and also the other part about it is that I've been reading about being served with papers because- Okay, again, yes,
1: yes. I was going to say, because I, I have a little bit of, I was doing some reading about this too. So I want to hear what you have to say. About le-
0: A little bit of legal legwork. And I do. Yes. Um, I do have a lawyer friend who I'm planning to ask about this, but oh, I haven't perfect. asked her about it yet. Everyone get out your pens and paper because like we're going to law school. But basically in order to be served with papers, like someone has to be served with papers in a public place. Yes. You can't like trespass onto someone's home to give them papers. But then I've right. also seen people say that they like in their companies you can go to people's houses. Okay, so I was reading that
1: it was like I think you can, but I don't think that if if it's like fenced in or if it has like a wall, I don't oh. think you can. So I think if it's like facing the street, like and if it's you can like get to the front door. I think so. I think, um, I think that counts probably like on the front porch, but like, if you have to like climb a fence or like scale a wall that makes it to, to the front door, I think that might be the difference. Again, I'm not a lawyer, but I am, I am in law school this moment
0: while we're talking. So yeah. I'm going to think- get my degree at the end of this episode. Exactly. You're going to earn your JD. You're going to start practicing. Yeah. I also think that if it does have to be in a public place, it's not like Olivia Wilde's like walking out to the grocery store. Right. Day. Like, it's not like she's often in a public place that a person who has to serve her papers would know where she would be. Right. So the theory I've seen some like law adjacent people say is that probably the process serving firm who would be totally responsible for giving her the papers basically like just could not get a hold of her and couldn't find her. Yes. And that if it's a process server to the stars, as we assume it might be, That someone was just like, I don't care how much it costs to buy a pass to CinemaCon. Just get in there and give her those damn papers. I'm done with this. Right. It's probably worth it. Yes. So the theory is that they just could the theory, the working theory right now is that they just couldn't get her anywhere else. Yes. And And Jason Sudeikis has come out and said he did not think this would happen. He would not condone it. It's super inappropriate. Right. But so I, and I am inclined to believe that he had nothing to do with it just purely because the logistics are crazy and it's detrimental to his brand. Yeah, I, I think it's kind of out of your
1: hands at a certain point because there's so much yeah. like, in between where it's like you, your lawyer or the whatever. And like, I, I feel like the amount of control he has over it probably actually is low. Yeah. To zero, zero to none. But I was reading because I was obsessed with this yesterday. People magazine was talking to a family lawyer. I don't know how they, I don't know which lawyer was like, yeah, I'll talk to people. But basically they were saying the same thing where it is not uncommon for public figures who are not in the public eye every day, because like you said, they're not going to the grocery. They're not doing errands for them to be served at like public yeah. events like this, which is wild. It's I guess like also, cause you're like, well, why While well, she was on stage? But I guess it's not like they can just get backstage. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so- if she's
0: not in the audience. Right. And I don't know how like their relationship is. Obviously, they don't want us to know, but it doesn't seem like Jason and Olivia are talking. Right. Because it feels like he would have like given her a heads up, like, by the way, these papers are coming. I don't know when they're going to get you. And she also played it off really well. So maybe she like knew these papers were coming. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. That is wild. What would you do if you were served papers? I
1: would be fuming.
0: I mean, I guess if I was Olivia Wilde, I would do what she did and like pretend it was an unsolicited script. Because then I look like a hot and in demand
1: director. Exactly. That's a very smart, very smart um, cover for sure. It's also just funny to me, the thought of an envelope just having scrawled on it, like personal and confidential. That sounds like a prop. That sounds like me making a prop for a short film.
0: Courtney, you have to tell me Madison Cawthorn had a loaded gun at an airport. This guy never stops. Literally. Have you did you hear this? I mean, I feel like you had to. I heard the headline, but I did not read. it. Oh, my
1: God. I mean, this guy is a fucking moron. So for anyone who's not who doesn't remember or is not as caught up on the Republican Party, um, Madison Cawthorn is the one who a few weeks ago or maybe a month ago was like, the senators have orgies and I've seen senators do cocaine and it all turned out to be, I mean, who, who knows about the orgies? I don't think Mm -hmm. that was debunked, but the other thing was like, he saw a staffer do cocaine in like a parking lot once. It wasn't like whatever. I mean, although I'm sure they do do cocaine, it's
0: like, whatever. I don't care if they do cocaine, if they cancel student loans. Right. Exactly. I mean, so far they haven't. And also what, and what do you need cocaine for if you're not going to Pass any laws like what yeah, do you need all that energy work. for?
1: Yeah, literally, it's not like you're up all night doing anything. You barely work, fucking yeah. dummies. So anyway, he is the North Carolina representative, and he was stopped in the Charlotte Airport at TSA because he was traveling with a loaded gun. This whole thing is confusing.
0: That's like the first me. thing on the list of things not to bring on a plane. You you
1: would think that you would you're like taking out your shampoo. You're like making sure you don't have a water bottle. You got to move your gun out of the way, like. What, why would you bring your gun? I don't know. Like, obviously, he was doing it as like a some sort of like power move, I assume, because it's like everyone knows you don't bring a fucking gun. Anyway, this is his second misdemeanor charge against him in the past two months. The other one being that he was pulled over um, while driving with a revoked license and he's facing two citations for speeding. So this guy just like has no respect for the law. He was cited for having a loaded nine millimeter handgun at the security checkpoint. And this is the second time he has been stopped with a firearm at an airport since he took office last year.
0: Isn't that (laughs) insane? At this point, it obviously must be like, he knows that he's not allowed to bring a gun. A, he probably thinks he's above the law. Yeah. Or B, I don't know what he thinks. Do you think he's trying? Because So
1: what happened was last year, he was stopped at the Asheville airport in North Carolina, also carrying a loaded nine millimeter handgun, trying to carry it onto a flight. And it just makes me wonder, well, first of all, I have a lot of questions other than just like, why does he exist? But one, it's like, okay, so maybe you're like, oh, uh, fuck, I forgot to put my gun in my checked bag or whatever. Yeah. Okay, cool. Whatever. <laughs> Understood, I guess. But
0: why is it fully loaded? I also don't understand where is he going that he needs a gun in a carry on? I mean, does he think that they're not going to see it in security? Because don't get me wrong. Sometimes I pack my Swiss Army knife and they right. are supposed to take that in security. And I'm like, oh, well, maybe if I put it in a pocket somewhere, they're not going to find it. Right. And sometimes they don't. But that's right. a Swiss Army knife.
1: Yeah, this is a loaded gun. I'll it up. It's slightly different. My question is like, do you think that he is doing it on purpose? I mean, he has to be doing it on purpose. But do you think he's trying to create some new war around like, like I should be able to bring my gun? Like, like is he trying to like rile people up when he gets in trouble for having a gun to be like, oh, there's no freedom in this country? Like.
0: I'm going back and forth on it because I think there's a possibility that that's what he's doing. But he's been very quiet with his statements, if so. And I think we can't discount the thought that maybe he is just that stupid.
1: Okay, yeah, I was going to say, that's the other option is, do you think he's just an idiot? Because... I think he might be. Yeah, and I would buy that because not only has he been obviously pulled over now twice uh, at TSA with a loaded gun and ammunition, etc. in his bag, He was also accused of, let's see, this was, I guess, I think this was in 2021. He was accused of bringing knives onto school property four times in four weeks during the Henderson County Board of Public Education meetings because he wanted to protest mask mandates in school. And it was just like an open forum for the public, I guess, to come air their grievances. And he went four times and each time he had a knife on him.
0: Like- what is this guy's deal? I think he is just stupid. I think he has always been in a state where he's allowed to carry a knife or a gun and he got elected and he didn't think to change any of his behavior. Here's a logistical question. What does TSA do when they find the gun? Do they just like throw it out like they would a water bottle? Oh my God. They're like, they're like, uh, so we can either put this in the trash or we can mail it to you. Do you want us to mail it to yeah, you? Like, what do, do they dump out the bullets and then say, okay right because if he was found with a nine millimeter gun twice you have to assume it's the same gun right i assumed it was the same gun but it's like i mean i feel like well they obviously don't give it back to him like add security right they, they're obviously not like okay well you're not supposed to have this but
1: bad boy but it's like but well, you gotta take it but I,
0: we'll let you off with a warning this time yeah but also it can't be safe to have a gun in the trash can so
1: they must have like some sort of like safe box or something that i they bet put it really backs in. up the
0: security line when that happens.
1: I would be so pissed. Everyone's like shoeless in the back of the line. Like, what the fuck is taking so long? And like, oh, sorry, your representative. He had his gun. Grace, you have to tell me Misha Collins
0: comes out. I mean, he does and he doesn't. Ain't that how it always goes? I know Misha Collins, who you may or may not know, is on the TV show Supernatural. Yeah, I've never heard of this person. I don't watch the TV show Supernatural, but here's what I know about Supernatural. It stars Jensen Ackles and Jared Padalecki. I think that's how you say his name. Jared Padalecki, you would know from A Gilmore Girls. He played Rory's first boyfriend Dean. Oh. Or you might also hot. know him from New York Minute. He's hot. Oh. Oh. Jensen Ackles, I'm sure, has been in other stuff, but I don't know what he's from. Okay. I've never been a supernatural girly they have a rabid fan base as any TV show does. It's like these two guys, I don't know, they fight demons, whatever.
1: Amazing. Okay. Sounds like something I would never watch.
0: I'm sure it's very enjoyable for the people who watch it. It's been running for like 12 seasons or something. Right. And I think yeah. it ended though, but anyway, and Misha Collins is on it. And I think he plays some version of the devil. Okay. And there's always been like gay subtext between his character. And I believe Jensen Ackles character. Uh, if you're a Supernatural fan listening to this, don't correct me if I'm wrong. I don't care. <laughs> I just know there's like gay subtext with Misha Collins' character. Okay. And Supernatural fans are often like young Tumblr esque people, many gay. Okay. So Supernatural sometimes like plays into that because mm, the fans low like low hanging it. fruit. They think. So anyway, it's always like been accused of queerbaiting, but also mm. what really is queerbaiting at the end of the day, so no one really takes it that seriously. Got it. So Misha Collins was at a fan convention in New Jersey, and I don't know if someone asked him a question or if he just said this unprompted, but he said that he was all three things, an introvert, an extrovert, and a bisexual. <laughs> which is so funny because i i think probably someone was like oh my god are you like an introvert or an extrovert and he was like doing the stupid answer of like actually like i'm the weird type of person who like needs both like everyone needs both dumbass. right
1: yeah it's like i like hanging out with people but i love my alone time yeah join
0: the club and it's like that's that describes every human being in the world okay literally (laughs) So I don't know if he just didn't listen to the question, whatever. So he made a whole statement about it. He's like, I want to deeply apologize. I said I was an introvert and extrovert and a bisexual. My clumsy intention was to wave off actually discussing my sexuality, but I badly fumbled that and understand that that was seen as me coming out as bisexual. (laughs) He says, that was not my intention. So I need to correct the record. I am not bisexual. I happen to be straight. But I am also a fierce ally. And the last thing I want to do is falsely co-opt the struggles of the LGBTQIA community. So oh, he is not bisexual. And in fact, now he's specifically said he's straight. OK, um, but is he an introvert or is he an extrovert? That he didn't address. We'll never know. <laughs> Courtney, you have to tell me funny girl gets panned. This is funny and also in a way kind of sad but also I don't really care. Yes. So uh, Broadway heads know
1: that there is a Funny Girl revival on Broadway just opened starring Beanie Feldstein in uh, the character of Fanny. And I I actually don't know Funny Girl. uh, Surprise, surprise. But I know it um,
0: vaguely. Here's what also a little fun. Here's the musical theater trivia that will help with this story. Yes. Is that this is the first revival of Funny Girl since Barbara Streisand performed it. And it's not for lack of trying. There's always been rumors of Funny Girl revivals, including with Leah Michelle, who we'll get to in a minute. Yeah, but this is the first time it's ever actually made it to Broadway. So that's just yes. a fun little piece to think about.
1: Yes, exactly. So it was originated. The roles originated by Barbara Streisand, an icon. And um, you might be familiar with the song, Don't Rain on My Parade, or is that what it's called? Yes, it is. Okay. Yes, okay. Don't tell me not to live, just sit and putter. Life's candy and the sun's a ball of butter. Don't bring around a cloud to rain on my parade. Anyway, um, there's a revival going on on Broadway, and a friend of the podcast, Ben Weiss, did uh, let me know a few weeks ago. He saw the preview and he was like, everyone seemed to be enjoying it. But me, I really didn't think it was good. And I really don't think it's going to get good reviews. And I was like, oh, really interesting. Again, I don't really care one way or the other. Mm -hmm. Well, the reviews came in this week and they are bad. And so I just have a list of headlines that I think say uh, pretty much everything that we need to know. Oh, Plus, good. I have some select clips. And Beanie Feldstein, I feel bad for her because she, I mean, she'll be fine, obviously. Yes. But like she was so excited to play this role. And I know. Anyway, from The Guardian, headline Beanie Feldstein struggles in Broadway revival. That's pretty, oh, man. you know. Yeah. <laughs> it's okay. It's kind of straight to the point. Uh, newjersey.com, NJ.com, headline. <laughs> People need people, but they don't need this. Oh no. <laughs> okay. New York times there, their headlines a little less fighting, but it says Broadway revival shows why it took so long. And, um, so I pulled some choice, little, uh, clips out from the New York times review. Here's one. It says to rip the bandage off quickly. Feldstein is not stupendous. She's good. She's funny enough in places and immensely likable always as was already evident from her performance in the movies Booksmart, Lady Bird, and On Broadway in Hello, Dolly. You root for her to raise the roof, but she only bumps against it a little. Her voice, though solid and sweet and clear, is not well-suited to the music, and you feel her working as hard as she can to power through the gap, but working hard at what should be naturally extraordinary is not in Fanny's DNA. Still, you can't blame uh, Feldstein for the show's problems. That would be like blaming the clown for the elephant's. The main Mm -hmm. elephant is the book written by Isabel Leonard and fiddled with for this production by Harvey Firestein to no avail. So this, I was reading this New York times review They They go pretty easy on Beanie, honestly, Mm -hmm. and are mostly like, it's not a good show. Like it just shouldn't be revived. So then here's the last headline that I thought was brutal from Gawker. Critics agree it's beanie flopstein and funny girl. Oh, so mean. And then, uh, one other quote that I wanted to share before we discuss further is from Helen Shaw at vulture, which is quote, but in song after song, Feldstein's voice lets her down piercing and unpleasant when it gets any higher than her chest. Oh, fading and pitchy when it descends even a few steps. It's simply not a sound you expect to hear on
0: Broadway. Oh, God, that's so brutal. I want to read. I have a little quote from Time Out. Okay, okay. Uh, from Adam Feldman. First of all, the headline is Beanie Feldstein falls on her fanny. Oh, and no. At the end. Okay, and here's a little quote from it. Even before the curtain goes up, the audience claps at the Overture's most famous songs. When Beanie Feldstein makes her first appearance as Ziegfeld Follies comedian Fanny Bryce, stares into an invisible mirror and delivers her famous opening self-affirmation, Hello Gorgeous, the crowd goes wild. But then she starts to sing. Oh, yeah. And I do think the New York Times review does a good job of talking about this, but the real problem is not that Beanie Feldstein is not, like, a great singer. That's obviously a problem. Stunt casting is a problem on Broadway, whatever. Right. But I think the problem is that the musical of Funny Girl was, like, basically written and then engineered around Barbra Streisand when they found her. Famously, the score was, like, fiddled with to be harder, so that only Barbra Streisand could sing it. That makes sense. And so I
1: don't think...
0: Beanie was particularly set up for success here. They did, right. I think, lower the keys on some of the songs, but not all of them. And I think the rest of the casting is questionable at best. I mean, Jane Lynch, whatever, I get it. Uh, she's oh. very funny. But she plays Beanie Feldstein's mom, which feels like odd casting, but also stunt casting, I get it. But what I really think is odd is the casting of Ramin Karimleu, who plays the like romantic lead. Okay. Ramin Karimleu. Musical theater girlies, no. I was going to say, I have no idea who that is. Yeah, he's a very famous musical theater guy, most famously for playing Angel Ross in the 25th anniversary recording of *Les Miz, which also starred Nick Jonas.
1: Oh, whoa! That's a deep cut. I feel like I was like trying to follow the whole, all your words. I know like, that's a. It's a very deep cut.
0: Wow. What's what's important for non-musical theater girls to know is Angel Ross is the role in Les Mis that is always played by a hot man. In the movie, it was played by Aaron Tabate. Okay. So that is the hot guy character in Les Mis. Ramin Karimoulou played him in that recording. He also played the Phantom in the, I think it was also the 25th anniversary. It was some anniversary recording of Phantom of the Opera with Sierra Boggus. So he's like a hot boy Broadway star, but he is a lot older than Beanie Feldstein. And I think that's a part of the character Mm -hmm. in Funny Girl. He plays this guy, Nick. He's a gambler. He and Fanny fall in love and he's like kind of a piece of shit. And I think it's been lamented like how much that storyline works or doesn't. And I think in general, the musical is just not interesting. It's got fun numbers and it's got great songs. But I think without... A book, you need like incredible charisma Barbara. to sell it. And Beanie Feldstein was probably a good choice, but just right. no matter what, since it's the first revival since Barbara, they're not, she's not Barbara Streisand. And no one would be. I think no matter who stepped into this, it would right. have been, it would have gotten like reviews like, well, it's not as good as Barbara Streisand. Of course it's not. Right. Right. So I feel bad for Beanie.
1: <laughs> yeah. I feel bad for her too, man. I hope that, I hope she's not. I mean, like, I, would find it so hard to go on go literally go on stage and perform again after seeing all of that because it's
0: like you know it's like I'm doing my fucking best some yeah
1: some some reviews are like whatever but I mean it's some of them feel very personal
0: like yeah and I think it's because she's a celebrity like there's also yeah Broadway uses celebrities to get people in seats but Broadway also has to make fun of celebrities from time to time to get their legitimacy back yeah yeah Because they're like, oh, well, we're We're like, yes, this is a celebrity, but we're better. Like, we do eight shows a week. Shut up.
1: You also have the entire
0: day off. Don't act like you're working so much harder than the rest of us. (laughs) The other interesting piece of this is Beanie Feldstein is currently filming the Merrily We Roll Along movie that they're making over the course of like 20 years. I forgot about that. I saw a tweet that was like, how hard for Beanie to learn she can't sing when she has 17 years left of Merrily We Roll Along. (laughs) Oh my God. Oh, poor girl. I think probably anyone who did this role would have the same pushback. Right. And I think probably the show's going to close soon because of it, because no one's going to want to sign up for this. Yeah. Except maybe, honestly, Leah Michelle.
1: <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, which brings us, I think, to our next yeah. point, which is Grace. You have to tell me Leah Michelle is having quite a week.
0: So. Leah Michelle was kind of America's sweetheart during Glee because she kind of blew up out of nowhere. And it's a similar story to Barbara Streisand in the sense that they both have big noses. And Literally. there's nothing America loves more than to like one girl with, with one f- weird feature every 10 years and call themselves progressive. Right. Everyone's like, oh, Leah Michelle, we love her, even despite the fact that she has a big nose. She's also like a size two skinny girl. So let's not right. act like we're like really useful there. Right, yeah. And when Leah Michelle was big, she sang Don't Rain on My Parade in the season one finale of Glee sounded beautiful. Don't tell me not to live, just sit and putter. Life's candy and the
1: sun's a ball of butter. Don't bring around a cloud to rain on my parade.
0: At that time, there were talks of a funny girl revival starring Leah Michelle. Also, since then, there were talks of Leah Michelle playing Elphaba in the Wicked movie. Oh, right. So, Leah Michelle kind of had everything going for her. She was like Ryan Murphy's muse. She went on to do Scream Queens with him, criminally underrated show. She kind of fell from grace after allegations of, like, being awful came out. Most notably, the funniest one is that when she was in Spring Awakening, and Spring Awakening she was in as a teenager. It was her Broadway debut. She got it when she was, like, 16. She threw, like, a cast party in the Hamptons but then when understudies showed up, she wouldn't let them in. (laughs) Oh, right. I have heard this.
1: Oh my God. It was just apparently like
0: generally a bitch, which I can forgive being a bitch when you're like a Broadway star at 16 year olds, 16 years old. Of course you're going to have a God complex. Right. And that's like, as mean as that is, it's kind of funny. Yeah. Only principal cast allowed. I'm so sorry. Yeah, exactly. It's like, you know exactly the kind of bitch in your high school theater program who would do that. Oh, for sure. It's definitely like annoying, but it's also kind of like low stakes and funny. Right. But then on Glee, apparently she just was really awful to her other cast members, particularly her cast members of color. Yes. Telling like Sammy Marie Ware that she was going to shit in her wig. Right. Which just like stuff like that is awful. Um, So she kind of stopped working because of that. There's a rumor going around that she can't read. I love this. I love this rumor. Which is just funny. So yes. she's kind of fallen from grace in a really unique way. But now she's starting her redemption arc. And I don't know how much she and her publicists have to do with this. But this week, funny Girl, when Funny Girl reviews came out and they got panned, Leah Michelle was in the news more than she has been recently. Because the last time she was in the news was when HelloFresh dropped her after she was accused of being racist. Right. And now she's in the news again for a couple different reasons this week. She did interviews, and that's why. Does she have something coming
1: out? No. Oh, okay. Because in my mind, I'm like, oh, maybe she has like a memoir coming
0: out or something. She's already written a memoir. That's what's crazy. Oh. oh. And it's called Brunette Ambition. Okay.
1: Oh my God. I feel like it is so ridiculous. I'm sure I can find like a million examples that are like, that go against this rule that I'm about to spout out. But it's like, I feel like if you are under the age of like 50 years old, you should not write a memoir. Yeah.
0: You don't know what else is going to happen and in your life.
1: As you know, I am going to read Hannah Brown's once I get it through the library. Yeah. But,
0: bitch, you're younger than I am. Yeah, exactly. I don't think everyone needs a memoir right away. No. Give it some time to breathe. No. No. But she was in the news twice this week, or at least twice. She has an interview with people, an interview with EW, Entertainment Weekly. And I have to think it's because her team knew that the Funny Girl reviews were coming out. And they're like, let's just put her in the conversation. Right. Don't make her comment on Funny Girl, but let's just put her in the news the same week. And people will make the leap on their own, which they have. Right. Right. And they're both about Jonathan Groff, which is what's really interesting because mm. Jonathan Groff, despite being really good friends with Leah Michelle, has remained mostly unscathed from any of her downfall. Right, and he's still right. like he's not famous, famous, right? But he's working and he's yeah. famous enough. Yeah. So the first one is that she said that she would carry Jonathan Groff's baby if he wants to be a dad. Oui. So that's like heartwarming friendship, whatever. And then the second one was that she once let Jonathan Groff see her vagina using a desk lamp uh, to give him an illustrative lesson and satisfy his curiosity in the female anatomy as a gay man with no practical knowledge of its particulars, as if Google doesn't exist. Right. Ex- like literally, so many
1: fucking diagrams exist. I learned about both the funny girl reviews and the Leah Michelle vagina situation in one fell swoop. So you're right that I think the like coupling of these two things in the news really were satisfying because, um, or, or was like actually, um, successful because Mm -hmm. I was dead asleep and my boyfriend got home from work and he loves to talk to me in my sleep. And then asked me the next day, if I remember what we talked about, he was like whispering to me and he was like, Courtney, funny girl got panned, got really bad reviews. And I was like, Oh really? And he was like, yeah. And I was like, so Ben was right. And he was like, yeah. And I was like, Wow! And then the next thing he says is also Leah Michelle showed Jonathan Groff her vagina, and I was like, "What?" And then the next morning he asked, "Do you remember what we talked about last night?" I was like, "Oh yeah, like Beanie Feldstein, the whole like Funny Girl reviews." And he was like, "And?" And I was like, "Uh." He was like, "It involves a desk lamp." And I was like, "Oh my god!" And then it like all came
0: back to me. Jeez, this woman's wild. I do think it's the genius of her team. They're like, everyone will connect Leah Michelle to the funny girl news, whether we make them or not.
1: It is undeniable. Like, I didn't think about that until you mentioned it,
0: but it is like undeniable that that was the purpose. Redemption arc for Leah Michelle seems like it's incoming. And I do think once Beanie Feldstein's had enough, once she's done <laughs> yes. on Broadway, I think the only person who they could get to sell more seats and who would do it is Leah Michelle. I think you're right. And I think her team's like, if we just keep her in the conversation about Funny Girl, they're gonna come knocking. Grace, you have to tell me. They're making two wicked movies? This fits enough with Leah Michelle because, as I said earlier, Leah Michelle was originally in the conversation for a wicked movie. Because ever since Wicked has opened on Broadway in 2003, they've been talking about making a movie. And when they first talked about it, it was with Idina Menzel and Kristen Chenoweth, the original Broadway cast. It's been delayed and delayed and postponed that the cast has changed so many times because people keep aging out of it. Yeah, I was going to say, they're all like 20 years older now. Yeah, or they keep being canceled and they're like, well, we can't cast Lee Michelle now. Right. But finally, they are making a Wicked movie. Everyone remembers that it's starring Cynthia Erivo and Ariana Grande. I've talked ad nauseum about why Ariana Grande is the wrong choice, but whatever. Yes. It's being directed by John Chu, who directed In the Heights and Crazy Rich Asians. John Chu released a statement this week. Uh, he said it was sent from his Oz phone, which is so annoying. Oh, God. Uh, he said special. Oh, I update. hate theater. Oh, my God. I know. Then he says, you know, thank you for all the support, whatever. We have so many exciting things for share to share, but for right now, I'm giving you one or two. Here's what happened. As we prepared this production over the last year, it became increasingly clear that it would be impossible to wrestle the story of Wicked into a single film without doing some real damage to it. As we tried to cut songs or trim characters, those decisions began to feel like fatal compromises to the source material that has entertained us all for so many years. So we decided to give ourselves a bigger canvas and make not just one Wicked movie, but two. With more space, we can tell the story of Wicked as it was meant to be told, while bringing even more depth and surprise to the journeys of these beloved characters. And then he says they're coming... In consecutive christmas holidays in december 2024 and december 2025 right right there's a lot to unpack here number one the runtime of the musical is two ou- and a half hours with one 15 minute intermission
1: yes i you was don't have say, to cut anything yes i was gonna say like because at first i was like oh okay like when i saw the news i was like i guess that makes sense but then yeah it came to my attention that the running time is exactly what you said yeah so like a little bit longer. Most
0: movies now are like yeah. almost three hours. A normal movie musical length. That's how long West right. Side Story is. Yes. Goes. Yeah. So that's already weird. You don't have to cut anything. Yes. No. Number two, there are things that arguably should be cut from Wicked, mm, particularly the song Something Bad. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And there's a number of things that can be cut. Yeah. There's some things that can't be. And I get that. Like, you're not going to cut Defying Gravity. What if they did, though? That'd be so funny. But. You don't need to cut anything if you're just telling the story of the musical. It would be hysterical if they cut find Gravity. That would be fucking hilarious. John Chu directed In the Heights. In the Heights stands, I know you're out there. He cut everything I know from In the Heights. That Mm -hmm. is fatal to the source material. Mm -hmm. So it's like you obviously don't have a problem with cutting source material. And so the question now becomes, so where does the first movie end? Probably at Find Gravity because that's the end of act one of the musical. But if you look at that, act two is a lot slower than act one. It's yeah. a lot less exciting. And there's just a lot less to do. Like I get the idea. I don't actually, I don't at all. I think no matter what you get into, Wicked 2 is going to be a worse movie than Wicked 100%, 100%. One. And I think if you're going to do that, why not utilize the opportunity to cast two different Elphabas and two different Glindas and basically do a time jump in between the two movies. Ooh. My argument would be make the first movie Dove Cameron and Halle Bailey and make the second movie Ariana Grande and Cynthia Erivo. Make it like a 20-year time jump.
1: Oh. If you're
0: going to do two movies. That's my argument. Oh, I don't know. I don't think he's going to do that.
1: You should call him up. Do you have his Oz number? I'm going to send it to his Oz phone. So I just have like a couple of questions. Yes. Okay, well, my first one was going to be the runtime thing, so I'm glad that we covered it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But my second thing is... Well, maybe they're not questions so much as like observations. So I've only seen Wicked once when it mm-hmm. came to Louisville on tour. Sure. And I remember thinking it wasn't that interesting, <laughs> but it was also a little bit late into the run where I'd heard it was like, amazing, amazing, amazing. Yeah. So that could have factored into it. I thought the musical, and I still believe, even though you just told me it doesn't, I still believe that it ends with defying gravity. So it doesn't. Okay. It doesn't. That's that's the end of act one. See, and that's the end of my memory of the musical. So I probably don't remember anything from act two.
0: And I think there are some great things in act two. Don't get me wrong. For example, the song, Thank Goodness, which Ariana Grande will absolutely butcher. Um, (laughs) Heartbreaking for all of us. Thank goodness stands out there. But it is like, the big the hugest part of wicked is defying gravity right so if you end the first movie on defying gravity who's gonna see wicked too and right i saw an interesting point online that this will probably lead to people coming to see wicked and leaving at act one so they don't spoil yep. the movie
1: oh my god which i didn't even, I didn't think, even about. think about that
0: I mean, I don't know how true that actually is, because I feel that like would at this be point, most people though, have seen right? Wicked. Yeah. if Like, if you're someone who wants to see Wicked. And the thing is, I love Wicked. I, it was like the first musical I remember seeing. I obviously pursued theater, so obviously it had an effect on me. Right. Um, I love the music. I still think it's great. And I think it's fun to have a movie musical, but I just think splitting it into two movies, splitting anything into two movies is never, I think, a good move. There was a big trend of it when teen move, when like teen book series movies were being made with Deathly Mocking Mockingjay. I was gonna say, I never saw the second Twilight ending. Yeah. Exactly. I never saw the second Mockingjay ending. Like there's, yeah. you are giving up audience members when you split things up because people are like, yeah. I think I've seen what I need to see. I also, here's
1: my other argument. And I realized like, cause I love reading books. I love plays. I love movies. I love all this. So I realized that different art forms are different. So yes. like, if you're adapting something, it's, you know, you should kind of try to view them as two different entities. Mm-hmm. Kind of, if you can, otherwise you'll just be disappointed when Ariana Grande butchers, what is the song that you Thank love? Thank goodness. <laughs> Thank goodness. But, um, and the thing about musicals, Is that everything you need to know about the musical is contained in the musical Mm -hmm. so like everything you need to know about the characters everything you need to know about their relationships blah 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 so like why do we need two movies to go what was the quote like more in depth with their like the characters it's like we don't need we know everything about the characters we don't need to have like an added scene or like 20 minutes of like glinda doing something that
0: shows like a tortured soul or like yeah. the or you know it's like and wicked is based on a book but the musical notably like is a lot le- more lighthearted than the book the book mm-hmm. is a lot darker uh-huh and i don't think they're going to bring in elements from the book because it just is against the tone of the musical
1: right because they're they're adapting the musical they're not adapting yes. the book into a movie musical you know exactly. so
0: like that's weird So I don't understand what they're going to add. It can't be good. No.
1: And I feel like I'm already annoyed with just like the vibe. Like, for instance, the Oz phone thing, like sent for my Oz. I'm just like so annoyed with that vibe already with like the director, with Ariana. It just
0: feels like they're all treating it like like at this point we've waited long enough for a wicked movie. We're not as excited about it as we once were. Right. You don't need to tease it out like this. Yeah. So it's like, shut up. It's not 2006. Just give us the wicked movie now let's go to our middle segment where we are continuing to discuss the American song contest I know you're all watching with bated breath we are in the semi-finals now we which means how many states are there it's like 22 left because it's 11 each night of because there's two weeks of semi-finals 11 each night and from each night I think five move on okay and then we'll have a top 10 okay and that might be quarterfinals (laughs) and then I guess Oh. I actually don't know how the bracket works.
1: I don't I I honestly don't either. I always think I do. I don't. So yeah. this week we had the people who moved on from the last round of qualifying,
0: they got to perform their songs again. And it was all the same songs they sang before. I mean, the production was not drastically different. Some of it was a little different, but it was mostly just the same songs. So the singers this week was Michigan, Kentucky, Rhode Island, Washington, Oklahoma, Colorado, New Hampshire, Massachusetts, Montana, Alabama, and Wyoming.
1: Wyoming, because Wyoming, new boot goofin', got saved. He was a redemption spot. He
0: was eliminated by the jury and America, but then America saved him by streaming new boot goofin so much.
1: Yeah, which I started as a hater, but now I love that song. You kind
0: of have to love it. It's kind of funny. And then at the end of this week's episode, the jury automatically advanced one person to the finals, and it was a king Alan Stone from Washington, of course, who if again, if they're going to move along one guy who's a what who is a white guy who plays guitar, I'm glad it's him.
1: Yes. I, me too. He is
0: so good. Of those people who performed, who do you want to be the five to move on? Uh, well, four, because we already have Washington. All right. I want it to be Oklahoma, Montana, Oklahoma and Montana, and I really don't care about the rest, but if I could pick Colorado, pick Colorado because I love um, Record Lynch and I guess, I guess Wyoming just for the fun of it.
1: Yeah. So for me, it would be, it was, I was watching because um, Grace did not come over to watch this week because she was recovering from Coachella, which we will get into. Mm-hmm. But my friend Margaret was over and New Boot Goof went and I was like, I'm giving him 10. And she was like, no, Courtney, you can't. And I was like, oh, but OK, so if I could, um, I think I went back in and gave them at least seven points.
0: I think I gave New Boot Goof like eight because I don't yeah. want him to beat Washington or, or Alexa from Oklahoma. Yes. But I do want yes. him to move on because I think it'll be funny.
1: It would be funny. It's a good gag. Um, so the four that I would choose to move on would be um, also Alexa from Oklahoma. Um, also Wyoming, <laughs> Nabucu fan. And much to my chagrin, my own chagrin. Yeah. Um, I-, I liked Rhode Island, which I did not pay attention to the first time.
0: He is another white guy with a guitar. He has face guitar.
1: tattoos, so he's a little intense, but you know, I yeah. liked him.
0: He was the white guy with a guitar that the jury picked the first week. So it's been a while since we've seen it.
1: Yeah. And then I don't know if there were any other performances. Oh, 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 that girl. Who's like the Taylor Swift knockoff. Oh, Michigan, Michigan. I liked her. I think she's good. I I did like her too. Yeah. So, um, those would be the ones I would, I would want to advance. uh, And I do want to advance. Mm -hmm. It's funny because I, I don't know what I was expecting for the, but they just did their songs again, which makes sense because that is what the competition is. It's not like the performance. It's not like anything else. It is like the song. Yeah. So, I mean, well, obviously the performance helps the song, but like the song is what's in contention, but I was like, Oh, so we just have to like sit through these all again. And part of me is like, Oh, it's kind of boring. But then the other part of me was like, like Rhode Island had gone straight over my head when, uh, he performed. Right. So I'm like, kind of excited to see, And like, like delve in a little deeper with the, you know, much like uh, the Wicked movie. I want to delve in a little deeper with, yes, the people who did not stick out to me the first time. And then at the end of this episode, they announced the other spot that was given to like a redemption. Redemption. And I was so annoyed.
0: It was the girl from New York. Who's the
1: girl from New York?
0: The girl from New York, who her favorite place to go in New York is Times Square.
1: Yeah. Um, So i such a
0: native. I don't care for her and I don't care for her song. And I think I'm also just negative because the rightful redemption spot should have gone to flirt from Florida. Yeah. Agreed. I'm appalled. I'm I think, disgusted.
1: Yeah, I know. With
0: the direction our country is going.
1: <laughs> yeah, this is really the problem with America. It's not Madison and bringing a loaded gun through
0: TSA. It's new boot goof and beaten out flirt.
1: Yes. I think that I would have generally been okay with New York for a couple of things. One, if she didn't say her favorite spot in all of New York was Times Square. Again, I don't think she's a native New Yorker if she said that native New Yorkers chime in. Mm-hmm. And two, if the other songs that didn't make it weren't so much better. Cause like, I think she was generally fine and kind of yeah. like a different fun vibe. Like she was kind of like a rapper, right? Wasn't that yeah. kind of what she did? Yeah. And like, that's cool. And like in a vacuum, I enjoy it. But compared to flirt, mm-mm, no. Exactly.
0: Get out of here. But I guess people were streaming because probably honestly, New York really wants to win this because Ugh. New York wants to be, they want to act like they're too cool for it, but New York wants to be most popular. I'm just going to say California didn't need a redemption spot. That's
1: true. California went right on through
0: baby. I'm just saying I will be continuing to vote too. for California. Cause I do want, if I could pick anyone to win right now based on song alone, I would pick Oklahoma.
1: Yes. But oh, so I will good. be giving
0: my votes to California because got to be California pride.
1: I think that they are great. I think the California showing was amazing. Mm -hmm. And I don't think we talked about it yet because we weren't on because we were. Yeah, we were off. But California went like two weeks ago and they fucking killed it. They're just like these three Latina women who are singing like pop and rapping and their whole like setup was like it was like a yard party outside of, you know, their house or whatever. Mm -hmm. And it was so fucking good.
0: The standards so were high for California and we were kind of like, oh, who'd they pick? I hope it's going to be okay. It was yeah. perfect California.
1: It was amazing. And Snoop Dogg loved it. He loved that record.
0: <laughs> he, lo- I love the way Snoop Dogg's, I was like, I love that record. <laughs> I love that record. Now for our main segment this week. Those of you who are regular listeners to the podcast may notice we did not do an episode last week. And that was because I went to Coachella last minute. The tea on me, as I grew up in Palm Springs, so I have heard of Coachella many times, and I like Harry Styles, so I was like, let's see how much tickets are. My mom really wanted to go see Harry Styles, so she was looking at tickets for weekend one, and she was like, oh, they're like two sixty-five. Which when Coachella tickets usually go on sale, they're like seven hundred like bucks. Or something.
1: Yeah, uh-huh, uh-huh. they're
0: very expensive. So I was like, oh, well, I'll check it out. But I was at work on Friday morning of weekend one.
1: Here's a logistical question. Are the two weekends, are the nights the same both weekends? Yes. Or are they different? Okay, okay, okay. Pretty
0: much. There were like a couple changes. For example, like Arcade Fire was only their weekend one. Okay. But for the most part, but like it's like all, all the big
1: same. main kind of ones are yeah. the same. Okay.
0: The headliners are all the same. And so on Friday, the first person I wanted to see was at 3.30. I wanted to see Mika but I could take it or leave it. I really wanted to see Carly Rae Jepsen and Harry Styles on Friday. So I was at work Friday of weekend one. And I was like, okay, I could probably get my shit together and get to Palm Springs in time for Carly Rae Jepsen if I buy the ticket right now. And it was also the Friday before Easter. So our work day ended early that day.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: So I was like, okay, we'll see. Uh, But then, so I was looking at prices. It was like 265. And I was like, oh, is it really worth me like having to go home and pack really fast, whatever. And so I was like, you know, just for the, just for fun. Let's see how much weekend two tickets cost. And they were $250. Oh, and I said that savings. I love that. Plus I just got a new credit card and I have a, if I spend like 500 bucks in the first month, I get a 200 bonus back. So my ticket was really like 50 bucks. I just got a new credit card that also has a bonus. I'm trying to reach. We can talk about it offline, but I know um, that's, we are
1: financial I, Queens over here. I know. Um, I almost Grace never tried to reach the, gurus, the bonus,
0: but, uh, because I
1: though, that's, that seems reasonable
0: it's a reasonable bonus so i just paid for me and my sister's tickets and i reached the bonus so basically my Incredible. ticket to Coachella was like 50 bucks hell yeah um before oh, so great. and i famously am from palm springs i have uncles who live in palm springs so i stayed for free to yeah i was gonna ask you that if you stay with your uncles i assumed you must have i know i felt bad because i was like i feel bad because it's like last minute and we'll be coming in late at night because i was gonna stay for all of harry's set i'm right. like yeah that's fine i was like oh my god yay Perfect. They have so much on gas. So anyway, Coachella Rundown. We've all seen the stories because Coachella is still like very mainstream and hip, even though I think it's turning a corner on like influencer stuff. It used to be like a really celeb heavy event and now it's really more influencer heavy. Oh, okay. But most influencers go weekend one because there's Mm -hmm. a number of festivals that like pop up in the surrounding areas. For example, the most famous one being Revolve Festival yes which a lot of influencers went to and was called the next fire festival but what really happened is like people had to wait like an hour to get on a bus right so it's not a fire festival not a fire festival so weekend one is like really big for influencers and stuff so weekend two is a little bit more like chill as far as celebrity sightings and the artists usually like bring out special guests but they'll bring out different people weekend one and weekend two So, like weekend one, Harry Styles famously brought out Shania Twain. And my theory going into weekend two was that because Lizzo was on SNL during weekend one, that she was going to be the one Harry Styles brought out weekend two. And I was correct. Oh, that's fucking smart. Oh, I was thinking oh, I'm jealous. My friend who was also at Coachella camped out all day to be up front for Harry Styles. Whoa. Uh, that was not my narrative. No. Coachella, it gets hot there. It was actually a very nice weekend for the weather. It didn't really get I was to ask the
1: Oh, okay.
0: The first day it was like 75. Oh, that's beautiful. Um the second day it was like 80 and then the third day it was like 86. So, okay. that's kind of As hot. far as the desert goes, Not very bad. manageable heat. It, obviously it's a very sunny area. Uh right. you have to find shade where you can find it. But it wasn't unseasonably hot and you can fill up your water in there. So you just have to stay hydrated. I wasn't drinking alcohol or anything because I was like, I, the last thing I need is to force dehydration. Yeah, I mean, that's a good point. But Harry Styles brought out Lizzo. Um, They were matching feather coats. I'm obsessed with that. They saying, I will survive. And then he's saying, what makes you beautiful to her? And she was acting. Oh, of course. Um, she's supposed to videos at like a, an after party where she was like in a pool.
1: Oh my god, I love her.
0: I love her so much.
1: She's um, such an icon.
0: She was great. She was very fun to see come out. Everyone cheered, and also the crowd for Harry Styles was like relatively small. Oh, interesting. Which I thought was weird. I kind of assumed it would be really big. And I'm right. not a person who needs to get like super close. I don't need to be pushing a bunch of Harry Styles fans. No, 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 no. But we got like pretty close to Harry Styles considering we didn't like wait all day for Camp him. Camp out, yeah. Whereas like Doja Cat, I we couldn't get anywhere near her. It was a madhouse for Doja really? Cat. Really? Oh,
1: that's so interesting.
0: I know she's huge though, but I just, I would think Harry Styles would be bigger, but. Yeah, exactly. I thought the same thing. I think they're, I don't know if it was because it was Friday, because but also it feels like Sunday is the day that people usually call it a night early because at that point you've been there for three days. Right. You're exhausted. Right. So you would think, and Doja went on at like 8 p.m. on Sunday. So not like that late, but closer to the end of the day than the beginning. Right. Yeah. But it by the time packed. Doja went out, it was still jam-packed there for wow. her. Wow. Which was crazy. Whoa. Whereas like Harry, it was like a big crowd, don't get me wrong, but it was not the same level of here's
1: my question was carly ray jepson also performing that friday
0: she was she was on a smaller stage though
1: oh okay because news about me i became a carly ray Jepsen stan just this week oh I, wow um i only ever knew her one song what was it call me maybe call me maybe yes and i uh as all the listeners know i'm a peloton queen and I was in a Peloton class and they keep playing this song. And I was like, I fucking love this song cut to the feeling, but oh, I had yeah. never seen who sang it. It was like, I just listened to it. I'm like, God, this is such a good song. And I'm pretty sure that we've like danced to it at a bar before. And it's like mm-hmm. such a good song. Anyway, I was like, oh, it's Carly Ray Jepsen. I was like, no fucking way. And so then I texted Ben, who's a Carly Ray Jepsen fan. And I was like, I was like, um, big news basically. And then he was like, well, you have to listen to like dedicated side B or whatever. And so I did, loved it. So I'm like gonna slowly start working my way through her um, discography.
0: She's incredible. She also was a great performer. I we got up pretty close to Carly Ray Jepsen too, because I I'll get up close with Carly Ray Jepsen. Oh yeah. Um I famously saw Carly Ray Jepsen at the Wiltern like two years ago, maybe. I guess it must have been pre-COVID for nine dollars. Yes. Um and the bitch puts on a show. I bet. Uh, sometimes people say she's low energy, which I don't really agree with. She like has enough energy for me and her songs have enough energy. I don't really care if she's not doing crazy dancing. Um, yeah. But she put on another great show. She did sing her new song. Okay. She's starting a new era for Curly Rae Jepsen fans. Uh, she does this, she did this with Emotion and Dedicated. Those are her first two albums. I think there might've been an album before that, but Emotion and Dedicated, or where she really begins being a superstar. She has Emotion and Emotion Side B and Dedicated and Dedicated Side B. So they're like four albums, but all in the same family. Yeah. Um, All fantastic. Few skips. And her new song is called Western Wind. She's okay. been teasing it and it's got this very, the outfit has a very, like, folky, Stevie nicks like, westerny pop star thing. Okay. Her new song is incoming. Love Carly Rae Jepsen. Great pop star. Also underrated pop star. So she was great live. Harry Styles was also great live. I also saw Mika. Mika was, like, very trendy. Or maybe he wasn't trendy. But I was familiar with him in, like, middle school. He sings that song. Um, It's called Grace Kelly that goes, like, oh. I could be brown. I could be blue. I could be violet violet
1: Mm -hmm.
0: guy. Oh, yeah, I love that song. And he was okay live. Uh, He's definitely aged. Sounds like, I mean, it's some hard notes to hit, I would think. Yeah. And he also sang, I don't know if you knew this about Mika. He released a song once called Popular Song, which samples the song Popular from Wicked (laughs) and features Ariana Grande. Oh, no. And so my whole joke all weekend was like, it would be hysterical if Mika brought out Ariana Grande at 3.30 oh in the afternoon.
1: That would uh, be in the in the heat of the desert in the yes, middle of the
0: day when no one's there. <laughs> that um, he been obviously funny. didn't. He sang it by himself. Um and he wasn't hitting the notes, but he had great stage presence. So love Mika. Other highlights, I did I did go see Phoebe Bridgers. I'm not a big Phoebe Bridgers girl. Uh-huh. I kind of think all of her songs sound the same. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. But I am turning the corner on her and we'll get to why in a second. Uh, Also on Saturday, I saw Rina Sawayama, who Mm -hmm. she's like, she released an album right before COVID. And I think the goss was that she was going to blow up, but that's kind of been tampered down. So I kind of wanted to see her. I have heard a couple of her songs. She was performing at a pretty small stage Uh and she was incredible. Really? She was performing as if she was a headliner. She was dancing her ass off. She was incredible. Incredible. Wow. But she's going to blow Amazing. up. And after Rina Sawayama went on, Caroline Polachek went on. I'm not a huge Caroline Polachek girly. She's not that famous. She did have a song go vaguely viral on TikTok. It's called okay. So Hot You're Hurting My Feelings. Okay. She did a dance to it that she made go viral, whatever. So I had nothing to do in the afternoon. So I was like, I'll stay for Caroline Polachek. I'm already here after Rina Sawayama. This tent is shaded right now. I'll hang out. So we're just in the back of Caroline Polachek, just hanging out, dancing a little bit, because she's, of course, saving her popular song for the end. And I'm with my sister and our friend Julie. And my sister is like, "Okay, I'm 90 percent sure Phoebe Bridgers is over there. And we look over and it is absolutely Phoebe Bridgers just in the crowd dancing. Oh, my God. Not in the VIP section of the crowd, mind you, in the very back of this random tent it's not one of the big stages yeah that's wild and so we're like oh my god so of course you know everyone is being cool about it as far as we can tell no one's like going up and bothering her there was one guy who like was walking by her to get somewhere and you could see him like recognize her and he went phoebe and she like nodded and he was like and they took a picture together she was really nice to him from what we could see right like one guy went up and like shook her hand but really left her alone most people i don't think even noticed she was there yeah but we did
1: i actually don't think i would be able to I don't even know what she looks like. I know her music, but I don't even know what she looks like. She's pretty
0: short and she has like silvery hair. Interesting. And her face is like distinctive enough if you see the hair too. Um, And also my sister and I and our friend Julie are very good at spotting celebrities. You
1: are. Yeah, it's true. It's true. You have that eye. Oh, she's really beautiful.
0: Mm -hmm. And Phoebe Bridgers, for those who don't know, has been dating Paul Mescal, who played the romantic lead on the show, normal people. Yes. Um, and if you haven't seen normal people, you got to watch it. Morning. And he's very hot. So of course, as soon as we saw Phoebe Bridgers our a joke was like, let us know when Paul Mescal's there, <laughs> that's who we want to see. And so we keep dancing. And then my sister's like, okay, Phoebe Bridgers is hanging out with someone. I'm pretty sure it's Paul Mescal." Oh my God. At that point they had moved up a little bit. So we like danced a little into the crowd to get a better vantage point and It was absolutely Paul Mescal and Phoebe Bridgers. And they were like singing to each other. They were like making out. They were dancing on each other. And like, the thing is, I don't like PDA. I'm usually like, oh, shut up. Right. But they looked so in love. You were like, keep doing this, please. And there was a part in Phoebe Bridgers set on Friday where she was like, I wrote this new song. Obviously, I'm usually like pretty sad, but then I fell in love. So here's this song iconic oh my god I was like I was like oh whatever boo (laughs) you're like no one cares about your love I was like oh who cares when I see it bitch um and then I saw this and I was like man they're really cute together wow I'm a Phoebe Bridgers fan now wow and Paul Mescal had a mustache that's important um the blinds say they're engaged I would believe it they look so in love oh she's this is the one where she like flew to Ireland to like meet him in the middle
1: of the pandemic right I think so Something weird like that?
0: I don't know the full story. Okay, yeah. But- Well, at I'm first I was like,
1: them. damn girl, okay. Like break all the COVID rules to go to whatever. But I guess it's, maybe it was worth it.
0: Yeah, I would do it too. for Paul Mescal. I guess. Jeez. <laughs> I also saw Conan Gray and Conan Gray is noted BFF of Olivia Rodrigo. Oh, okay. Um, He's like a little gay boy. He was very fun live. I highly recommend. But it was funny because in the crowd of Conan Gray, it was a bunch of high schoolers. Because course. he's friends with Olivia Rodrigo. So I was like the oldest person there. Love it. Oh, wow. That would spook me for sure. I know. I was like, ooh.
1: And also <laughs> there's a
0: one of Conan Gray's most famous songs. He, there's a lyric where he says like 19, but you act 25. And I'm like, I'm not even 25.
1: Yeah. you're. And I'm I not feel, even the like mature, like I'm even more than that.
0: Yeah. I'm like, wow. Okay. Wow. But I just you, ignore You could that. even say acts 30. Yeah. Come on, man. Uh, but there was someone in the crowd who was like, he could bring out Olivia Rodrigo, their best friends, which is pure delusion because Olivia Rodrigo was in Cincinnati the day before on her own tour. Oh, (laughs) if, if, if for no other reason. And also he was at four in the afternoon, Olivia's not coming out, but I can't really talk because until I saw Harry Styles, I was like delusional enough to be like, he could bring out Taylor Swift. Oh my God. Because famously, Taylor Swift and Harry Styles dated and possibly committed vehicular manslaughter together. But there was also a rumor circulating around uh, Harry Styles' set that he was going to bring out Niall Horan, who is a former member of One Direction. I'd be happy to see Niall. And I think everyone knew that was kind of delusional. Yeah. But everyone was like, but it would be cool if he did. Because the other One Direction members... Louis's not coming. He's got a son. He doesn't really perform anymore. Liam's not coming because he's very, I think, anti 1D now. Zane is definitely not coming because he thinks he's better than all of them. Right. Niall would show up of all of them. I think they're like buds. Yeah, I think they're. I would believe that they'd be cordial. Yes. But no, he brought out Lizzo, which is fine, which is better. But there was a rumor. And then Um. I did go see Megan the Stallion also. And how was she? She was great live very fun. I bet. Very beautiful. I bet. Oh, a big, so good. a bigger crowd than Harry, but less big than Doja. And okay. I did not stay for Billie Eilish because for a number of reasons. Number one, I stayed for the entirety of, of Harry's Isles' set and the parking lot after was the worst. I it oh. took me like an hour and a half to get out. Oh no. No. So I was like, I don't really want to stay for the end of a headliner unless I really want to see them. And I'm not a big Billie Eilish stan. I yeah. love the song happier than ever, but I had looked yeah. up her set list and she was singing it last. And, and like, oh. in addition to that, on weekend one, she brought out Damon Auburn from the Gorillaz, not someone I care about. So I was like, I don't really feel any need to stay for Billie Eilish. Right. And then I find out on Sunday, and I wish I had never known this. I find out that she brought out Haley Williams, and Haley Williams sang Misery Business. Oh, which oh. Haley Williams has specifically said she's not going to sing anymore. So and it's like a did. huge oh. deal that she's saying it. And apparently she came out for happier than ever also. So that is my regret of the weekend is that I did not that stay is for Haley Williams, but I couldn't have known. And I don't really like Billie Eilish.
1: And it's fine. It's fine because you you got out of the parking lot. You got home. It was a you win-win. You were chilling. It was and no, I was
0: home by the time Haley Williams was on stage. Yeah, you
1: 12. didn't know. You didn't know at the time.
0: I wish you hadn't learned. I know. But- I went the next day. I ran into some of our friends who we had been walking around with. And I was like, did you guys see Billie Eilish uh, brought out Haley Williams? And they're all like, I wish I didn't know that. Right, right. I Um, also did go to see Danny Elfman. Danny Elfman was famously performing and he wrote the theme song for the Simpsons among other themes. So we kind of thought- Yeah. So we all were like, oh, he's going to do like the Simpsons. And I had seen a clip of him doing the Simpsons theme from weekend one. So I was like, oh, he's going to do his themes. And I had nothing else to see. And I was waiting around for someone. I was waiting around for Megan Thee Stallion. So I was like, I might as well go see Danny Elfman. I went with a group. We're all like having fun. Danny Elfman's set was deranged. Oh, no. (laughs) Half of it was like songs he had composed for movies like Spider-Man, Batman. But the first two songs were like kind of really hardcore rock, but also not even so much. It was like spoken word. And there were like very disturbing images on the back screen. Oh my gosh. And he did two of those songs and we're all, and everyone in the crowd is confused. Right. I think as far as I can tell. Right. Because everyone thought we goodbye. were here to see the Simpsons theme <laughs> <laughs> and Nightmare Before Christmas. Oh. um, And we were like, okay, cool. And then he came on stage and he was like, Um, So I've got a really weird show for you guys today. So here we go. And then it would literally be like no warning in between the two. It would be like the Spider-Man theme and then a song with the deformed baby on the backdrop.
1: Oh, it was
0: insane. Oh, my God. It was like uh, this. That sounds insane. It was truly it was very memorable. Would I see him again? I don't know. Yeah. (laughs) How (laughs) Um, long was his set? I think it was like a, over an hour. I didn't Whoa. save for the whole thing. Yeah. But it was, it was wild. We saved for, I think like half of it about. Okay. We saw him do his Nightmare Before Christmas medley. Okay. Which was fun. That- I'm not a big Nightmare Before Christmas girl, but.
1: Yeah, I've seen it once, but I would, I'd probably bounce to it. It was fun. Yeah. I was like, okay.
0: Yeah. Recognizable enough. Yeah. I'll wrap up my highlights. I went to see Maggie Rogers, who's fantastic. I've seen her of before. Course. Oh, um, yeah. And I saw Doja Cat. I didn't have a lot else to do on Sunday. So I went to uh, Harry Styles pop-up. So oh. each day they have like a big merch tent for like the headliner of the day. Okay. So the first day there was a Harry Styles merch tent. When we first got there, the line was super long. So I'm like, oh, we'll come back later. We came back later and there was no line. And we're like, that's really cool. And that was because everything was sold merch. out. Yeah, uh-huh, uh-huh, But there was also, I had heard on TikTok, there was a pop-up for Harry Styles' new nail polish company, which is called Pleasing. Oh. But the first few days, I couldn't find it. I had no idea where it was. So I was like, oh, whatever. But I knew they were selling merch there as well as nail polish. So I was like, oh, I'll find it if I can find it. And on the third day, my friend Julie was like, oh, I'm at the Pleasing pop-up. I was like, can you describe to me where it is? <laughs> because I can't find it. And she did describe it to me. And she said, the line was short if we got merch and they were doing manicures there, but I didn't want a manicure. Right. Okay. Okay. I was like, I just want a merch. So I went, they had been sold out of t-shirts. So I had to make a game time decision because they had bandanas, which were reasonably priced. Okay. And they had sweatshirts. Oh no. Which were $110. Oh my God. So I bought a sweatshirt. (laughs) (laughs) Grace. And it was like pale pink. It's very cute. Honestly, it's not even as soft as I was hoping it would be for a hundred dollars, Damn! but I'm in it now. Oh my God. And it's a little embarrassing to have spent a hundred dollars on a sweatshirt, but I did text my friend Julie and I said, I bought a sweatshirt. And she said, so did I. (laughs) (laughs) And a lot of people did. You're in good company. Yeah. And let me tell you, I was carrying it around. They put it in a plastic bag, which I kept it in when I was at the festival because it's so dusty. Right, yeah. I, and it says pleasing on the plastic bag. I was carrying it around and so many people were like, oh my God, love the pleasing sweatshirt. It's like, it was a status symbol. Whoa. They were yeah. like, that girl is in the know and she's rich. Exactly. I looked. I was like, I'm rich and I'm a Harry Styles fan. That's the Coachella recap. The most important highlight is that I saw Phoebe Bridgers making out with Mescal.
1: When Grace told us she was going, it was like, well, it's kind of like research for the pod. So yeah. And I guess overall, you spent less money even buying that sweatshirt than you would have if you bought a full pass at like 600 bucks. So really, you made money on the whole weekend.
0: Well, Grace, thank you for going and relaying all this information. It's all about pod research. It is. And that brings us to the end of this episode this week and the end of our episodes for a little bit of time. We will all miss you while we're gone in the interim. Courtney, where can everybody find you? You can find me on
1: Instagram at C underscore Doisy and on Twitter at The Real Doisy. Grace, where can everyone find you?
0: You can find me on Instagram and Twitter and TikTok at The Grace Piper. If you want to follow the Gossier in the interim, we'll keep you posted with updates about hiatus and when we're coming back and maybe we'll post stuff in the interim just if there's something we want to talk about that we don't want to get on mic about yeah. you might see about it and you can find mm-hmm. us on instagram and twitter at the gossier you can continue to submit goss there if you, have yes. something you want us to talk about when please we come back do. front load us for the return for the return and you can also still leave us a rating and review in hiatus time about how much yes. you miss us etc
1: please just leave five do. stars please do and also if you want to find bridget you can find her on all the platforms at bridget underscore suck Exactly. Um, So keep following her as well. And when we're back, it'll be glorious. But I hope everyone has a good spring slash summer.
0: Yeah. And we'll see you guys all very, very soon. Bye. Bye.